stinking now, vine. Meat rots. I should know. So, let's get sure of it. Sometimes when I'm alone, I catch a glimpse of someone from the corner of my eye. Or I think I do. When I look properly, there's no one there. I went to church when I was a kid. I believed in angels and demons. I still believe in ghosts. Go on, deal. I can't do this. I'm out. Rebus, The Black Book. Dramatised by Chris Dolan from the novel by Ian Rankin. Episode 1. Why do butchers still scatter sawdust on their floor? When I was a lad, they used to haul in whole carcasses. Now everything comes pre-sliced and vacuum-packed. I miss the old days. What's your name? Rory too. There was blood on this butcher's floor, but... Human blood. Rory Kintool's. Stabbed in the abdomen. Is this your shop, Mr. Kintool? Do you own it? Mr. Kintool? Like that, is it? Whatever you say, say nothing. Fate they'll do worse to you, Mr. Kintool. Or are you just a strong, silent type? Kintool sat in a pool of his own blood as talkative as a fat embra Marcel Marceau. Under butcher shop signs. Cold cuts. Pork belly. Funny, eh? Saturday afternoon in the Athens of the North. Same old, same old. Mr Kintool, if you could just tell us who did this... Leave him at the paramedics, Brian. Come on. Little did I know that my whole life was about to turn into a black comedy. First act kicked off in a bar. It would, wouldn't it? Same again, Barman. Make that too. John Rebus. Oh, hi. Do I know you? John Bloody Rebus. Well, you know me. Dick. Dick Torrance. Jesus, dude. Oh, I know. Fatter and bolder, eh? Yes, I've finally become the Adonis I was aiming for back in the old days. Aye, parachute training didn't do it for either of us, eh? So, uh, what's your story, Johnny boy? Weren't you going to try for the SAS? Didn't they work out? You? Oh, this and that. Your polis are here. No secrets in this town. How the mighty have fallen. And what are you doing now? This? Or that? Am I talking to an officer of the law or my old pal John? Oh, cheers. And here, strictly off duty. Well, I'm kind of like a mobile Jenner's. Trading tea and Abernethy biscuits on the street. If I'm asked for them. <laughs> and I can get items, Jenner's. Doesn't he stop? You know, anything from a, a shag to a shooter. <laughs> Which I hadn't asked. <laughs> cheers. cheers. <laughs> How'd a squad you end up in retail? Oh, how does anything happen? 
try to trace it back and, well, doesn't even make sense to me. <laughs> but things are going okay, Ken. Making a living, ducking and diving. One thing hadn't changed about Deke Torrance. He was still a big talker. His fault that I stayed out later than I should have. Wasn't it? Or was I just tired of all the arguments at home? If I wasn't on duty, patience was. Policeman and a doctor, bad mix. What? Patience! Listen, patience, are you in there? Patience, I'm sorry I'm late. What's the difference between a black comedy and a tragedy? I must look into that sometime. I had the script of one or the other in my hand. A note from my lady love lying on the mat. Don't bother trying the door. I've bolted it. I have disconnected the doorbell and the phone is off the hook. I'll leave a bag of your stuff on the front step Monday morning. Ah, oh, come on, Patience. This is daft. I'm not that late. After I'd been living with Patience for a while, it seemed sensible to rent out my flat in Marchmont. I mean, everything was settled. We were a proper couple. The best laid plans. At least I still had a couch to crash on in cases of emergency. John? Mickey? Two ghosts. A day of omens, if ever there was one. The past coming back to haunt me. I thought you were down south. Yeah, well... So, you don't live here now? Bunch of students. Can't you tell by the mess? <laughs> Where are they? Where are students ever? Pub. I think most of them are on term break just now. So you just came by to check on them? <laughs> it was lucky for me. Oh, they'd have told me your new address anyway. Which is? Uh, West End. West End? Yeah? <laughs> what, you've been promoted? Or are you on the lamb? On the lamb? You've been in London too long. So we're heading over to your West End mansion then? Well, actually, that's a bit tricky. I'm getting some work done. I was going to crash here for the night. Ah. Listen, Mickey, right now, it's not a good time. Oh, John, I need this. I need a helping hand. Like a week. A week? Two tops. You want to tell me why? Oh, give me a chance, John. It's all I ask. There's a box room. It's the best I can do. Perfect. I don't know what the tenants are going to say. Their landlord and his brother. Ah, they're students. So long as they eat sleeping. <laughs> well, you know. God, look at these. It's your old record collection. <laughs> Stones, Beatles, Dylan. You didn't take them with you? I recognise the signs. There's a woman, isn't there? Prefers Mozart or David Cassidy? Come on, I'll show you to yourself. And you're not going home to her? <laughs> We're more brothers than you like to think. What have you got on a friendly neighbourhood butcher? They patched him up and let him out. He'll mend. <sighs> you still not talking? Nor pressing charges, so. So, we just let it go at that. Kintool staggers a couple of hundred yards with a two-inch gash in his gut, passes by shops and houses into his own empty butcher's shop. Like going home, I suppose. Natural. 
all hunky dory then. I've worked too long and too closely with DS Brian Holmes not to recognise when he wasn't feeling fully dedicated. Poor sod. Been kicked out by his girlfriend. Can you imagine? My own reaction is to work all the harder. Morning, sir. Brian, got your coffees. Right, little homemaker. Excuse me. I was just trying to be... A joke, DC Clark. You're going to have to get used to them if you're working with me. How will I know when you're making one, sir? (laughs) Siobhan Clark. New to the team. First impressions? Overqualified. A middle-class kid who could have studied law at uni but decides to slum it in the polis. She'll either rise to the top or get married to a lawyer and quit within five years. Of course, I might be wrong. Thanks, Siobhan. You are very welcome, Brian. What do we know about Kintool? Lives in Dalkeith. Inherited the butcher's business from his father. A nobody. Exactly. So who wants to stab a nobody in a busy street in broad daylight? Your curiosity not piqued, DS Holmes. And what about the car? What car? The blood starts at the kerb. When he got out of the car or van or whatever, I think he was already wounded. Right, yeah. Lucky me. I have a meeting with Chief Superintendent Watson. You two have another crack at Kintool. You think I'm making too much of this, Holmes? You know best, sir. I do! So humour me. Morning, sir. Come in, John. How you see uh, the new girl coming along? The new girl? I wouldn't say that to her face. Yes, you would. I wouldn't. DC Clark is shaping up very well indeed. Good. Joint operation with trading standards coming up, so... Oh, no. What kind of operation? Money lending. Did we never learn? Anything to do with Big Jer Cafferty? Possibly. This'll be the fourth time in as many years. He always gets off. It's a waste of time trying to pin him on money lending. John! It's a total misuse of manpower. There'll be a surveillance, we'll take a few photos, we'll arrest a couple of poor saps who act as runners and nobody will testify. One more shot. Yeah. I know the kind of shot I'd take at Cafferty given half a chance. They're having a good time in there. Probably trashing my kitchen. Is that the kind of music intelligent youngsters listen to? You remember parties, John. It's nothing to do with the music. Was for me. Yeah, right enough. No word from the lady doctor. Patience. Which I haven't got now in any form. You met them yet, the students? Well, briefly. Uh, the guy with the beard? Uh... Don't ask me their names, Mickey. As long as I get the rent. Anna Lassie. Ooh, we stunner. No, Mickey. Don't. I'm just saying. Keep your thoughts to yourself. Tea and sympathy, that's your lot. And if they offer you a joint, don't take it. Thanks for that, big brother. What do you expect, Mickey? To do my time? Wash the slate clean? What does Chrissy think of that? Oh, what does she care? She's well rid of me. Her and the boys. That might be your woman now. Hello. Patience. Thank heavens, I've been trying you all day. Oh? Nell phoned you. Brian? The Heartbreak Cafe. Okay, I'm going. 
Everything all right? No, Mickey, nothing's all right. Brian Holmes lay between two cars in the car park of the Heartbreak Cafe. Took a major blow to the back of the head. Been out cold since he was found, about 20 minutes ago. Who found him? The owner. Could be a fractured skull. What's the owner's name? Ringan, Eddie Ringan. Someone wasn't just an Elvis fan. A total obsessive. Posters, covers, memorabilia on all the walls, in every corner. A life-size cutout at the bar. An Elvis clock with the king's hands pointing to the time. Evening, gentlemen. Which of you is Mr Ringan? This is him here. And you are? Pat Calder. We're partners here. In every sense of the word. They were like Laurel and Hardy, the pair of them. Ringan. Small, fat head on a big, fat body. Calder, sitting by his side at the bar, fashionable ponytail, seen more meat on a butcher's pencil. He does the cooking, I'm front of house, joint owners. Inspector Rebus, and I'm a friend of DS Holmes who's being lifted from your car park at this very moment. He's a great guy, Brian. One of our best customers. I can't believe it. Ringan didn't look as if he was half soused tonight. He looked as if he'd been fully soused for the last decade. He must have fallen down, hit his head. That what you think? Maybe it was a mugging. Or a warning. What sort of warning? Eddie's had a shock, Inspector. I, I don't think... We make a lot of enemies in this game. Yeah? Like who? We don't have enemies, Eddie. Well, maybe one of you was the intended victim. Of course not. It was a mugging. Nothing stolen, far as we know. Maybe he did fall over then. It's pretty dark out back. We'll put some light in it. I'll be in touch, gentlemen. Any names of jealous restaurant tours come to mind, let me know. You stupid, stupid bugger. Sorry, Pat. I need another drink. Always told you, Brian. Watch your back. Wake up, son. That's an order. John. Nell. I've been at work and when I got home... Oh, God. Brian. He'll come through. Quite common blow to the back of the head. They reckon he'll wake up pretty soon. We spoke on the phone this afternoon. If we hadn't argued... It's got nothing to do with arguing. He'd have come home and this wouldn't have... I knew something was going to happen. What made you think that? Just some things he said. The way he was acting. He was scared, John. I've never seen him scared before. It's driving me crazy. Scaring me too. Him and his wee black book. Wee black book? He was always... Maybe I shouldn't be telling you this. You should now. You absolutely should. He was always writing in it. He jotted things down even when we were going out. Things he overheard. Your copper test toenails. How's patience? No, she's... Ah, fine. Where does Brian keep this notebook? I've never been good at crossword puzzles. At first, Brian's notebook seemed like gobbledygook, but I started to get the hang of his code. So much so, I sat in the car outside the hospital. You see, Clark, I think this might be outside visiting hours. 
thought I'd try. On the off chance, you been in, sir? How is he? I haven't had as deep a sleep as that in years. Who knows? I wouldn't go in just now, Nell's there. You fancy a midnight bacon roll? I know a late night cordon bleu, greasy spoon. Who could resist? I'd noticed a little electricity between DC Clark and DS Holmes. Of the positive or negative kind, I hadn't decided. Oh, really? You should try them. Oh, it's anything like the coffee. What's that? It's Brian's. If, when he wakes up, you never saw this. Then why show me it? If you don't want to help me find out who brained our teammate... I do. I do. Sorry. What does it say? It's written in a kind of code. It's not hard to work out most of it. It's animal rights group activities, local hard men. But more than anything else, a lot about the Central Hotel. Which is odd. In what way? The place burned down five years ago. It used to be an upmarket place, Princess Street, beside the station. But it went into decline, ended up a knocking shop, basically. A dive for thugs, pimps, underage drinkers, drug deals. It's a swamp. And it burnt down. An insurance job. Oh, well, that was the theory. Except the morning after, there was a surprise element. A body was found, burned beyond recognition. A body that had been dead before the fire started. Never found out who he was or what happened. And Brian mentions this in his book. Central fire, P game, 1F. Poker game, first floor, I suppose. E1, I think, was there. Or EL. R brothers. So maybe Mork. E1? What does that mean? No idea. Mork. That was a TV show, no? And the R brothers. The Righteous Brothers? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the last entry. Then Brian gets clobbered. I know someone who might help out. That's not often you can mix business with pleasure. One day soon they'll stop forever. Newspapers by computers. Well, they might even replace you with a silicon chip. <laughs> 21st century is going to be a very different place. I can't seem to get out of the 1960s. <laughs> Did you dig out those notes from Dr. Kurt? Was only a trainee five years ago, so I didn't interview him. But I found this on file. His autopsy? The mystery smouldering corpse of the Central Hotel, 1987. Listen to this. Cadaver barbecued on the outside, rare on the inside, like good steak. That's uh, Dr. Kurt, okay. <laughs> Bullet in the heart, two wounds, entrance and exit, and died just before the fire broke out. Drew a blank on identification. Dental checks, DNA, all done. Nothing came up. Except it says here victim had a broken arm. Old injury. Hmm. Are you dusting off old ghosts, Inspector? Marie Hen, I'm surrounded by them. <laughs> okay. Give me a year. Oops. For God's sake. I'll catch you later, Gail. Later, <laughs> Mickey. What do you think you're playing at? Excuse me? She's a lassie, Mickey. She's 18. Yeah? You ask for a birth certificate? She's at uni, so she can't be underage. And that's the clincher, is it? You're twice her age. You're just out of jail. Lay off, will you? You have a wife, Mickey. Two sons. Had a wife. You contacted her yet? 
You contacted patients. Ah, Chrissy doesn't want to know. She'll have a whole new life, her and you and John. You call the youngest John. You're not even supposed to be here. I'm not even supposed to be here. Any news on DS Holmes? No change. Well, they say that's normal. How about our skewered butcher? Went out to Dalkeith for a chat. Had I got more out of one of his carcasses. However, he drives a Merc. A high street butcher with a Merc. Now don't tell me you're vegetarian too, Clark. You bought a pun of mince recently. I think he won it in a bet. Why? Well, there were videotapes, but no video. A big TV stand with a wee black and white job perched on it. Sold them to pay off debts. Mm. Good detection work, officer. Keep at it. Talking about betting, we won the trading standards jackpot. We'll be watching David Dugray's office in Gorgie. Dugray? He's one of the big Jer Cafferty's lieutenants. As mental as they come. We once arrested him after a pub brawl. He'd bitten the ear off his opponent and chewed it happily all the way back to the station. And this is the guy we've got to watch? His money lending operation works out at the back of a minicab service in Gorgie Road. A Dugray turns up prompt every morning in his beamer. Works nine to five, then goes home like a diligent civil servant. Don't be fooled. Lone shark, money laundering, protection racket, the lot. Gorgie Road. It's not far from the Heartbreak Cafe. True. And the owner, Eddie Ringan, well, he hinted at a protection racket. Aye, well, don't get carried away. I'm just making the connection. Where are you going now, sir? Is he an old friend? Edinburgh feeds on its past like a serpent with its tail in its mouth. Matthew van der Heide was old now. Blind for decades. But he seemed to hide behind his dark glasses all kinds of secrets. Yeah, I've just been thinking of you, Inspector. Long time since you've visited. So I suppose there's something I can do for you. Eh? Uh, please, take a seat. His living room could have been the backdrop for a Scottish kitsch movie. Glasgow boys' paintings on the walls, Glasgow girls' gesso panels. Van der Heide was old money. Portraits of the king over the water, rabbi burns, salt tires everywhere. Uh, for witchcraft, devilment in the streets. A haunted house. The Central Hotel. Oh, huh? happy memories. <laughs> Until it all went a bit seedy. Still, that has its attractions too. Are we talking the night of the fire? I left several hours before, remember? Not guilty, Your Honour. Who were you with that night, Matthew? At the time you said you were on your own, didn't believe you then, I don't know. <laughs> oh, well. So long ago now. Don't suppose it matters anymore. Angus Gibson. Black Angus? No wonder you didn't say. Oh. Can you imagine? The press would have had a field day. Aristocratic young heir to the Gibson Brewery fortune. In a dive, just before it went up in smoke. He's quite the reformed man these days. No longer black Angus, eh? His father... Sir Broderick Gibson. The very one. He asked me to have an avuncular chat with the young rascal. See if I couldn't do something about his high spirits. I like to think I was successful. Pillar of the community now, eh? 
Who else was there that night? Grasp against straws, Inspector. Asking an old blind man whose memory's fading. <laughs> Your memory's as knife sharp as ever, Matthew. Uh, let me see. Hard to conjure up the occasion. Now, if I were to go there... That's gone. I've been stuck for so long alone in these four walls. <laughs> I'll take you out for a walk. Get your coat and your leash. You're facing where it used to be now. Don't tell me. It's been replaced by one of those American burger franchises. Your nose is as good as ever. So, the night you were with Angus Gibson. I, I remember Tom Hendry being in that night. And the scent of lemon. A, a woman whom Angus said hello to, but whose name I never sought. Not gentlemanly. Sorry, that's it. We talked. I told Angus he was on a dangerous path. The wine and song and wild, wild women were taking their toll on his health. And the family's wealth. And he announced the body life there and then? I wouldn't go that far, Inspector. Where does a man go when his woman's changed the locks and won't answer his phone calls? I could have gone back to the flat, but I didn't fancy an evening of roughing it with the students, even less arguing with Mickey. We were supposed to be brothers. She'd never have let that flat out. Well, so many memories. That's what you get for thinking you can hack the settled life, Rebus. Jeez. A poke of chips up a side street in the car. Okay, I will. Uh, no. Yes. Yes! I'll tell Jock. Jock? Okay, bye-bye now. Phew. Who is that? Who's Jock? You are. Me? Not since I was away. That was Auntie Ina. Auntie Ina? Auntie Ina and Uncle Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Very faint memory. Well, Uncle Jimmy's dead. Auntie Ina from Aberdeen, who we haven't seen in over a century, phoned you to say that Uncle Jimmy's dead? No, she phoned you. She never heard of me, and I've never heard of her. Before you were born? When did good old Jimmy cop it? Three weeks back. Your Auntie Ina wants to see you. Just me? Well, I got fed up explaining who I was. <laughs> Sounds like she's 180. Here, maybe she's leaving us a fortune. No, me a fortune. She doesn't know you. Oh, story of my life. She's still in Aberdeen. They used to come down to fight for the holidays, as I remember. Oh, gave me her address three times. Just across the road from Petaudry, apparently. How'd she get my phone number? Well, she tracked you down to St Leonard's. Can't be that dotty. You're going to go up and see her. Family's family. I might have left it for a bit. 
But it so happened that Siobhan was going to Aberdeen that Saturday. She's a Hibs fan. Going to Petordre for an away game. And what's that all about? An attempt to fit in? One of the boys? University girl playing the Embra laddie? I mean, away games are hardcore. Hello? Nell? John? I was just about to call you. Brian's been talking. Talking? That's good. Just in his sleep. Yeah? Well, what's he been saying? Well, nothing any of us can make out, but apparently it means he's slowly regaining consciousness. That's really great news. I, I just don't know that I should be there when he finally comes to. Oh, of course you should, now. Just the last time we spoke, I was giving him such a hard time. That was before, now. Ancient history. You be there. Hark at me. On my way to visit an auntie I hadn't seen since 19 umpteen. Ancient history, right enough. Thanks for this, Clark. No point in taking two cars. And I can claim my petrol back? Ah, sorry. It's two personal trips. Meet my auntie's you the Don's game. Don't know which is the more futile. I do. Any news about Brian? It's on the mender here. DC Clark. I have to ask. Is there anything I should know about between you and DS Holmes? Not that I know of. Well, it's just that he and Nell were... Well, there's still a good chance. Oh, you think that I'm some kind of femme fatale? I know the score between Brian and Nell. Brian's a nice guy. We get along. That's all there is to it. But if there was more to it than that, I don't see it would be any of your business, sir. If it interfered with your work... Neither of us would let that happen. I hoped you would have realised that. I've been doing my homework on Big Jer Cafferty. You know he had a notebook too. Oh, I'm so behind with my reading. And a code of sorts. Confiscated last time we tried to tie him to money laundering. And a mixed variety of other little transgressions. Well, codebreakers had a crack at it years ago. Didn't get far. Brian should have gone to him for lessons. Theory was it was a record of bad debts. Debts Cafferty took care of personally. Poor buggers. The roads are quiet. Make good time. In one of the files there was a clipping from the sun just a few weeks ago. Well, I put it there. Bodies being washed up on the Fife Coast. Over a period of years. You think it's Cafferty's doing? Who knows? Bodies weren't identified. Your clipping said a van was spotted on the Cellardyke Road early the same morning. Delivery van? At 4am. If it was Cafferty, it's a long way to go to get rid of a body. Then a keek in your own nest. You admire him, in a way, don't you? Steady. I can see he's clever, but his associates, they've all got names like Slink and Codge. The radiator, for Pete's sake. The radiator McCallum disappeared about three years ago. Codge more recently. They tried to double-cross Big Jer, no doubt. Aye, Cafferty Fair gets through his personnel. Careless. McCallum's cousins disappeared just before he did. Disappeared? Then Cafferty's hands in this somewhere. The radiator had cousins. Mm, according to some hack in the papers. Marie Hendry? Henderson. She mentioned them in an article. Two cousins known among friends and family as the Brewhead brothers, Ponchamp for Iron Brew. Oh, I share their enthusiasm. These cousins. Did Marie's piece mention their real names? Oh, Marie, is it? Um, Tam and Eck Robertson. 
that uh, our brothers. brothers. You are a genius. What more do you know about them? Um, born in Nidre, petty thieves. Tam, I think, was the scruffy one, t-shirt and jeans. Eck, clean to the point of obsessive-compulsive disorder. Took his own soap with him everywhere, apparently. Lemon scented? Oh, give me a break. I don't know that much. So maybe not a woman? Sir? Or just something an old friend said. What was Brian's cryptic note? Central fire, poker, E1 was there, our brothers, and maybe Mork. Well, that's still a mystery. No, it's not. You've read Cafferty's file. What's Big Jer's full name? Gerald Cafferty. No, wait. Morris Gerald Cafferty. Correct. Mork. M-O-R and C for Cafferty. If Brian Holmes was onto something big about Cafferty in the Central Hotel, no wonder he was scared. In you come, joke. My, my, I would never recognised you. What's that line from that famous book? One whiff of a, a sponge cake, a, a madeleine, and the whole of his childhood comes rushing back. At Auntie Ina's it was spam sandwiches. I've no memory of ever been in that room in Aberdeen, but it looked like every house from my childhood. The good room, kept clean. Auntie Macassars, whatever happened to them? Flock wallpaper? I must have been in shorts last time you saw me, Auntie Ina. Aye, you must have been about to four when we were last in five joke. Oh. Where was that loon I was talking to on the phone? Said he was your brother. Michael. Five years younger than me. Did my mum and dad never tell you? Didn't I like the sound of him on the phone? You wanted to see me about something, Auntie Ina? Ugh, isn't it just enough to see family? I suppose. I'm getting on, son. I just wanted to see you. She wanted to talk about the past. The Scots never forget. It's a burden and a gift. Your father and my Jimmy fell out years ago. Stupid. Over you as a matter of fact. We invited your ma and dad to our Ishbel's wedding. But no you. Couldn't afford bairns at the meal. Then my sister broke her daughter along unexpected. And your dad, oh, took the huff. Stupid. Never exchanged another word again. That's stubborn for you. I hope you haven't got the stubbornness in your joke. Me? No. Oh. That's all you wanted to tell me? Isn't that enough, son? Forty year. Help me up, will you joke? I wanted to give you something. That's them there in happier days. An old photograph, so faded it looked almost sepia. Two grinning boys, Johnny and Jimmy, my dad and my uncle. Arms slung around each other's necks, their faces almost touching. Comrades, kindred spirits joined at the hip and spent the best part of their lives refusing to speak. Brothers. Take the footy. 
I didn't want the past anymore. Show it to your brother. Will you do that, son? Okay, okay. Hold your horses. That you, Gail? No, the Gail you're expecting. Oh, come on. Quick, put me that. Just leave me here. The station? At this time? I can take you home. It's nice and quiet in the office on the Saturday evening. Get things done. Doesn't your partner, Patience, mind? No, she's used to it. Sorry again about your team. I wouldn't know what to do with a win. Yes, tell Dr. Aitken John phoned. Rebus. John Rebus. Thank you. Patience. Sorry to disappoint. It's Marie Henderson. Oh, no disappointment at all. What are you doing up at this time of night? I'm at South Queensferry. My, it's a romantic life being a journalist. What's happening there? I'm with someone here who says he's your brother. Michael? Ah, no. Is he guttered? Nothing like that, no. He was... found. Found? Yeah. Hanging from the fourth bridge. One of our stringers phoned it in. My first thought was some sort of joke gone wrong, but his hands were tied together and his mouth taped shut. Oh, my God. Doctor says he'll be all right. If they'd tipped him over the side, his legs would have come out their sockets. They must have lowered him over. He was found hanging by his feet, suspended in midair. How did they get him onto the bridge in the first place? Easy enough if you've a head for heights. You can go up and see the spot if you like. Our photographer got up easy enough. No way. I've got vertigo down here looking up. They hung Mickey upside down. Up there. Uh, looks like they waited till they knew there'd be no trains around. But a boat was going under the bridge. Skipper thought he saw something radioed in. And if he hadn't? Oh, cold night. Can't say I'd fancy his chances. He's over here. They're about to take him to the Western General. Maggie. John. Oh, thank God. He looked pathetic, lying there. Pale as death. Mickey had spent years in jail. No luck before or after. Plenty of bravado, catnip to women. But he was a lost soul. When I think of the wee boy I used to kick a ball around with. How's it going, Mick? Just hanging around it here? I was at a loose end. What happened? I was, I was in your flat. These guys. What guys? Did you see any of them? How many? One punched me. Three of them, I think. I put a bag over my head. Oh, before I know what was happening, they, they tied me up. Throw me in a carpet or something. You see any of their faces? Not really. Well, then what? They hauled me downstairs. None of the students, then? No. They put me in a van, a cramped, narrow boxes or something. It felt horrible. Drove around for hours. Okay, Mickey, tell me later. And they took me up to bridge. I didn't know where I was. They lifted me up. Mickey, enough for now. Where can we get you to hospital? They took me the bag off my head, slung me over the railing in a soap. 
John! Kicking a ball around, full of fun and laughter. I was his big brother. I was supposed to look after him. Somebody was sending me a message, either via Mickey or they'd mistaken him for me. People say we look alike. Pull yourself together. Get it? Aye, very good. Sorry. Stupid jokes. How are you doing? Not great, to be honest. I've been there, Mickey. Something terrible happens, you play it over and over in your head. It fades eventually. But why would anybody do that? They wanted you scared, Mickey. Well, they managed it. Then some. You know Gail? The student at the flat? Well, she's a boyfriend. In Ochter Arder. Well, maybe he's the jealous type. No. He's not behind this. I'm pretty good at making enemies. But I just haven't been around Edinburgh long enough. I mean, if it's not him, then... I've got enemies enough for the both of us. Mickey, I'm, I'm sorry. I think last night was a message for me. Well, couldn't they have written? <laughs> well, you can take me home, apparently. If you want. Well, you lazy ass out your scratcher, then. Morning, sir. Nice place you have here. Mm, no heating. Bog's broken, so they've put a chemical one in the closet. No hot water. That sounds like my last package holiday. Anything happening out there? Dugray arrived, 8.30 sharp. Nothing since. No, I don't think you can go flicking through the Women's Weekly or playing one of those walkie-talkies. You mean Walkman? And only my elderly aunt reads Women's Weekly. This is the 1990s, sir. I'm a bit of a yesterday's man. Day before yesterday. Hey, I make the jokes around here. They put a phone in for you? Oh, my God. At least they could do. DC Clark? Alright. Thank you. Brian's awake. Back to emergency ward 10 again. I should get a season ticket. Weird though. All days of my life gone just like that. Swap you. I could have done with sleeping through the last few days. Any visitors? Nell. Spent the whole time crying. My face isn't horribly scarred and no one's told me. You're as ugly as ever. <laughs> Amnesia? No, I remember everything. About the attack? Pray tell. Went for a meal at the Heartbreak Cafe. Sat at the bar drinking and chatting to Pat Calder. I should explain, Pat and Eddie... Are partners in every way. Then Eddie joined us when he's finished cooking. After a bit I left. Whoever it was must have been waiting behind the dustbins. Next thing I know, I'm getting washed all over by two gorgeous young nurses. Thought I'd died and gone to heaven. So who thumped you? Been mulling that over. Maybe they were after Eddie or Pat. Uh-huh. Not paying their dues. Protection racket. Heard it. Or maybe the attacker got his man. You. Now, why would anyone want to hurt you, DS Holmes? You've seen the black book. I know you have. It's missing from my coat. It was you, wasn't it? That's personal property. Did you really expect I'd not go looking? No. Thank God you weren't at Bletchley Park, Holmes. Nazis would have cracked that code in about three minutes. 
I don't know how, but you found out something new about the Central Hotel. There was a poker game the night of the fire. Tam and Deck Robertson were there. Names that didn't show up on police lists. You've been trying to find them. Someone told you all this. Someone who you've coded as E1. So not such a bad code after all, then? Who is he? Or she? Staring you in the face, sir. Not E1, E-L. Elvis. Elvis told me. Be careful with those clams. We overcooked them and we're... Yeah, yeah, I know. Hey, no customers in the kitchen. That's no customer. That's the filth. Inspector Rabies. Come here. What do you think of this? I'm no gourmet, Mr Ringan. Call me Eddie. Look. Rock 4, imprisoned spiced breadcrumb. I get it. Jailhouse Rock 4. Ah, very good. Can we talk for a minute, Eddie? Two and a half precisely. Then these will be ready. The Central Hotel. You were there the night it burned down. I know you were. 30 seconds gone. You never cropped up on the list of staff because you were moonlighting. That's what I reckon. Were you making a bob on the side at the Central? Minutes and a half and these will be done to a tea. You gave a false name to them and us. You saw the poker game. Actually, they're nearly done already. When did you start on the booze, Eddie? Just after that night? What did you see, Eddie? Shut up! Get out of here! Oh, boss, what the hell are you doing? You got a fire extinguisher? I said, get out of here! Just let it burn itself down. Bloody hell! Who told you? I worked it out all by myself. You cook, I figure stuff out. Where can I find the Robertson brothers, Eddie? Get it off your conscience. <laughs> off my conscience? This here is a definite case of too many cooks. Beat it! I gave you the chance, Eddie. Look at the mess here. That mess is nothing compared to the one your boss is in. Rebus, there's a pub in Cowdenbeath called the Midtown. The locals call it the Midden. I wouldn't eat the food in there. We are the playthings of the gods. Until now, the past had been haunting me. Now here I was haunting my own past. Cowdenbeath. Me and Mickey, Uncle Jimmy. The good old days. I'll paint the special, please. Special son, right, yeah? Son? Well, if I ended up looking younger, it wouldn't be so bad. There was only one mugshot each of Tam and Eck Robertson on our files. I had the police artist mock up a couple of drawings. I pretended to be admiring them. See what kind of reaction I got. Do you have a bit of drawing, eh? Yeah, and that artist like. No, not me, no. They're good though, aren't they? Ah, no bad. I'm no an expert, like. Could be brothers, eh? Alright, I see what you mean. Who are they then? Are they, they famous, like? Oh, makes you say that. You recognise them? You Polis? <laughs> they look like Polis. No, no fat enough. Might have seen one of you on buggers afore. Which one? Him. Specky one. His brother, if it is his brother, looks like he's been shoved through a mid-narsewards. Maybe it's a before and after picture. Who do you think you might have seen him? Loch Gelly. Don't care why, but I think I saw him up by Loch Gelly. DC Clark. How'd it go today? 
Ah, could write a book on boredom. Dougherty had five visitors all day. They all came out with as many limbs as they went in with. Any of the customers interesting? I'll show you the photographs later. You sound tired. On the trail of the Robertson brothers. Bum steers all day. Possibly right from the start. Eddie ringing, sending me to Fife to get me out of Edinburgh. Who knows? Message for Dr. Patience Ake. Oh. <clears throat> I'll be that. DC Clark. Has he? When? Okay, thanks. Your bum steer theory might be bang on. Eddie Ringan has disappeared. What the hell did you say to Eddie yesterday? What do you mean, Mr Calder? You had a stand-up row. Willie told me. He was edgy as hell all last night. And now Willie's no longer the sous chef, but master of the kitchen. When did Mr Ringan go missing? After we closed last night. He said he was going to a club. Would this be a club for gentlemen, Mr Calder? <sighs> a gay club? Yes. So maybe he found a gentleman there? Eddie's not into that. In my head. I could see the circle was just about complete, the serpent about to bite its own tail. Eddie Ringan told Holmes something about the Central Hotel. Holmes tried to find out more and got himself clobbered for it. I tried to find out more and someone hangs my brother over the fourth bridge. It was time to take chances. Mr Gibson will see you now, Inspector. Angus Graham Gibson. Heir to Gibson Breweries until five years ago known as Black Angus for his decadent jet-set lifestyle. Since then, he hadn't so much as received a parking ticket. Good of you to see me at such short notice, Mr Gibson. Please, Angus. Your call was intriguing. Something to do with the Central Hotel? Well, as you know, Angus, the Central burnt down five years ago. The cause of the fire was never satisfactorily explained. More disturbing still was the finding of a body with a bullet hole in its heart. That body has never been identified. And you associate me with that seedy establishment. My reputation goes before me. Why did you arrange to meet Matthew van der Heide? Hmm. My father wanted me to talk to him. I suppose I was being too rebellious for his taste. So you met? You talked? Well, he talked. My role was to listen to his words of wisdom. It must have worked. You gave up your Black Angus days soon after. <laughs> well, I think I already knew I was on a one-way ticket to self-destruction. But yes, you could say he helped me see the light. Your name never appeared on the list of people there that night. No. The press were already too taken with the Black Angus story. And you managed to disappear? My father, I think, helped with that. Did you visit the hotel's first floor by any chance? What an extraordinary question. No. Is the case being reopened? In a way. I can't give too many details. Oh, that's OK. I'll get Father to ask the Chief Constable. They're good friends. Matter of fact, they're going to a charity dinner tonight. There couldn't have been much charity at that dinner. I barely had time to collapse for a few hours sleep before Watson was on the phone demanding I be in his office at the crack of dawn. What the hell are you up to, Rebus? Sir? Pestering Sir Broderick Gibson. I'll be fair, sir. It's Angus Gibson I'm pestering. Why? 
The chief's not happy. That's it's a long story. The Central Hotel, the unidentified dead boy. Yeah, was he anyone important? No. It couldn't have been. Somebody the world had hardly known and was happy to forget. And haven't you got enough on your plate, man? Keeping an eye on Dugray, for instance? You're asking me to drop it? Or might I ask if you're under some personal pressure, sir? Don't, Rebus! I can't tolerate that sort of talk. Sorry. 24 hours. Tops. That bring me something concrete, John. The man's identity, for instance. I'll put up with the pressure till then. An ultimatum. The serpent biting its tail. The past catching up with the present. Time to do something. Extraordinary times call for extraordinary actions. John! John, over here. Uh, mine? I wish I could, Deke. This isn't a social call. Oh, I know that look from years back. What? You said you could lay your hands on anything. Aye, all your shopping needs under one bar room roof. What are you after? Not here. A shooter. You want a gun? Do you have to do that? This is business. So is this. When would you want it? ASAP. Any particular model? Whatever you can get. How much? Anything up to a couple of hundred. Are you sure you want to do this? Yes. Get a license. Make it legal. You're polis. Could do that. Uh, but you're, you're not going to... No. Can you, can you tell me what... You don't want to know, Deke. Okay. I'll be in touch. Good man. Squaddy's good. Hush, hush. I'll see you soon, Deke. Deke Torrance here. I've got some news. Uh, uh, put me through. It concerns Detective Inspector John Rebus. The corpse haunts me. Last night I dreamt it came back to me, charred, smouldering, pointing a finger towards me, squeezing the trigger. Just do it, man. Do it now. All right. Turn them all on. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. We've, we've got to get out of here. He's watching me. Getting ready. Waiting for the day when I take over. He wants it all. Everything. In Rebus, the Black Book... Dramatised by Chris Dolan from the novel by Ian Rankin. D.I. Rebus was played by Ron Donaghy. Siobhan Clark by Gian Potter. Mickey Rebus, Stephen McNichol. 
Brian Holmes, Sean Biggerstaff, Watson and Eddie Ringan, Douglas Russell, Angus Gibson, Richard Conlon, Deke Torrance and Vanderhyde, Paul Young, Rory Contool and Pat Calder, Simon Donaldson, Nell and Marie, Shauna MacDonald, and Auntie Ina by Anne Downey. Other parts were played by the cast. Rebus, The Black Book, was a BBC Scotland production directed in Glasgow by Bruce Young.